Well, friends, welcome to our baptism service today. I was thinking today, really, any day is a good day to get baptized. If you stood outside for five minutes this morning, you can probably do it yourself. But for two reasons today. Today is Father's Day. And as I was explaining this morning, God has chosen to reveal himself as a father to his creation. And just because human beings mess up the image of father does not mean it's a poor image. It means that we fall short and we need to come back and get our image and values of fatherhood from the God and Father of us all. So don't blame bad fathers on God the Creator because He is the ultimate good Father who cares for and sustains His creation and is so reached out to us in unconditional love. Many of us just do not get it. But that's His nature. That's His nature. The other reason, today is a good day to do baptism. Actually, any day is a good day to do baptism. But today is especially appropriate. I don't know if you tried to get here through Manitoba Marathon traffic. Or some of you had friends and family members running in the marathon today. But the Christian life is really a marathon. Some people make it up to be a sprint, a hundred-yard dash. But it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And baptism is not all about getting to the finish line. It's actually getting to the starting line. Because it's a public way of saying, hey... I'm going to start following Jesus. And everything else up until now has been preparation for starting that race. In fact, in the book of Hebrews, the author of that book says, let us throw up everything that so easily entangles us and, and pursue this race that God has called us to. People preparing for the marathon did not tie their shoelaces together unless they were pranking a friend. You don't run with your track pants around your ankles. You prepare properly. You eat a good pasta supper the night before. You get a good sleep. You follow the rules. You stay within the markers. You listen to all the people encouraging you. Run the race. You, you do everything you can to faithfully endure and finish that race. The thing about following this race of life with Jesus is that He is here with us. His Spirit energizing us. And helping us to follow Him. And helping us, giving us the ability and desire to follow Him. So it's a great race. Next up is uh, Judy Collin. This is nice. My favorite place at the halftime. <laughs> Here we go. Even though I did not grow up in a Christian family, God began pursuing me when I was just a child. One summer, I attended a daily vacation Bible school in a neighborhood yard. The family that hosted the BBS then picked me up every Sunday so that I could go to church at the 
so I could go to Sunday school at the church they attended. As a result of a contest to memorize the books of the Bible, I received my first Bible when I was about seven years old. When I was 13 years old, I began attending Ely Chapel with a friend, because this was where her nana attended. I remember attending Sunday school as a teenager with devoted teachers like Mel and Wilma Taylor and Ted Batter Sr. They didn't just teach Sunday school, they shared their lives with us. As a teen, I attended Red Rock Bible Camp one summer, where I accepted Christ as my Savior after a fireside which included a floating bonfire and the song, Pass It On. At a Sunday evening service at the church, I responded to an invitation to be baptized. At that time, we were sprinkled with water. Since that time, whenever I witnessed an immersion baptism, there's been a tug in my heart that perhaps I should take this step of obedience. This year, the tug became much more than a tug. As I read about Noah and the flood, my heart pounded within me, and I knew that God was saying that now was the time to go through baptism again. Just as God himself started again, I needed a new beginning. In the past number of years, I had been faced with my own inadequacies and failures, including some broken relationships, which had left me questioning my salvation. The account in the Gospel where Jesus says, Depart from me, I never knew you, caused me to wonder where I stood with the Lord, even though I had already experienced a number of significant answers to prayer. God has always met me at my point of need. After experiencing the death of my father when I was 17 and watching my mother grieve the death of her first son at age 45, I had a nagging fear that I might lose my sons, who had been answers to prayers themselves. I realize now that I was questioning God's goodness. Even though I loved my father deeply, I couldn't watch the graveside. I remember standing far off, and it was as though my heart had closed. I only recently realized my pent-up grief. I silently, and secretly, or so I thought, blamed God, because he could have healed him. I had watched Oral Roberts at the time, and even phoned the prayer tower to ask them to pray for my dad's healing. Still, he died. However, while watching a television show this spring, in which a character's father died, the tears started flowing, and I realized how raw and painful that death still seemed. I also realized the underlying emotion, anger, and I asked the Lord to forgive me and cleanse me. Even though I have not always been faithful to the Lord, throughout my life he has continually proved himself faithful to meet all my needs and some of my desires too. He has shown himself to truly be the giver of good gifts. When I call out to him, he answers, giving me what he knows I need. When I was first diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, I 
and was also diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. I was 46 years old at the time and devastated. I wanted to be able to support my sons when they began their families and to know the joy of grandchildren. So I cried out to the Lord, and he heard me. The elders prayed for me, and at my next bone marrow test, the results said I didn't have lymphoma. I had been healed. The 27th Psalm became my declaration. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Sorry, it's long. Here we are, 13 years later, and I've been blessed beyond measure. God has proved himself faithful. He is worth all that I have to give and so much more. He is able to do far more than I could even think or imagine. I have seen him redeem the years that the locusts have eaten in my life and the lives of others as well. I have grown in faith, in my awareness of him, and the incredible power of prayer. He is able, he is good, and more importantly, he is worthy. So I want my baptism today to be a picture of a spiritual reality. I know now in a more real and practical way, as Paul did, that I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I can let go of the past and the sin that so easily entangles me because he is my strength and my rock an ever-present help in times of trouble. Just one more. We're on the edge of our seats, so don't run. That's great. Not much more. I want to press on to know the Lord Thankful that as I daily pursue him, he is pursuing me even harder. I want to live in a reality that acknowledges his presence in my daily life and seeks to glorify him. Thank you, Judy. Judy, what is your confession of faith? Jesus is Lord. Do you intend to die to the old Judy and live for Jesus no matter what? I do. Do you renounce the devil and all his works? I do. And Judy, I baptize you now in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. person is coming, I just wanted to explain something that Judy mentioned in her testimony. Many of us may have been sprinkled or christened as children, and many Christian churches baptize in that manner. They baptize that in that tradition, and I don't have a theological fight with that. The reason here at Elam, we baptize adults, we call it believer's baptism, is that we believe that people need to be old enough to know what they're doing when they start following Jesus. 
And the whole imagery of immersion is very powerful because we identify with Jesus dying for us and then God raising him from the dead. So it's a very powerful image that many of us may not be familiar with that we've only seen baptism in other manners and other traditions. Again, I'm not trying to pick a theological fight this morning, just trying to explain how we do it. And we hope you can appreciate how powerful this imagery is. Because it represents when someone comes up out of the water, it represents someone is new, new in Christ. God sees us as new and clean. It's almost like taking a spiritual bath. And that's why I ask people, do you renounce the devil and all his works? Do you turn your back on your old way of life? And are you going to follow Jesus no matter what? Now we may fall back, we fail, but we keep persisting in that race.